Hello, how's it going? This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop, and it's the best day of the week because we're talking about movies. It's Wednesday. I'm starting off much later than usual, uh, but we're finally here. Finally got done with work today, so now we can talk about movies. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into it. Actually, before I do, I want to remind everyone, if this is your first time listening to us, there's many ways you can find us and you could choose which way suits you best. There's an audio only format on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are sold for free, or you could join us live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, where you can share your thoughts and theories in the chat function. And, uh, we could just, we can have a back and forth conversation during the podcast and, uh, you'll you'll hear other people throughout the show doing just that, maybe. Uh, also, the format of today's show, talk about a movie for a couple of minutes, a specific one that I'm reviewing this week, and then I'll jump into this past week's movie news. So I'm going to jump right into it. The movie I watched this week, I said I was going to try and watch Jungle Cruise or Old, and unfortunately, I looked at the theater's and realized both of those movies were already out of theaters um, or at least had difficult show times to make. So I wasn't able to see those, but I did see a new movie that came out this past week uh, was The Protégé and uh, with Maggie Q, Michael Keaton and Samuel Jackson, amongst others. Um, but yeah, this is an interesting movie because I, I always thought the trailer looked pretty good. Um Basically, uh, before I get into it, I want to remind everyone that I spoil things here. Uh, kind of conversation you have around the ice, the ice cooler, the water cooler at work, or the uh, lunch tables at school, wherever you talk about movies or TV shows, all that good fun stuff. So I spoil things because those are the kinds of conversations I like to have. Uh, but yeah, so premise: Maggie Q's character Anna, uh, basically. It works for Moody, Samuel Jackson's character, and uh, they they do spy things. They kill people who who need being killed. Um, bad. They kill bad people. We only kill bad people. Um, and uh, basically, uh, they're hunting down this one guy through the movie. Uh, but of course, as all good spy movies. You know, both sides have to spy on each other. Um, so that's kind of Michael Keaton's character is he's the other side spy uh, playing as Rembrandt. And he's uh, he's kind of the main interacted antagonist. But uh, it's really interesting because Samuel Jackson's character kind of has one antagonist. And Maggie Q's character kind of has a different antagonist in Michael Keaton. Um but she's led to believe that uh, Samuel Jackson's character Moody is killed by this antagonistic force. And so that sends her on the war path to stop these guys. Um, so overall, what I think about the movie, um, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was fun. Um, <laughs> and that's, what's kind of weird about the movie is that like, it's a fun movie. And then the end gets like very serious. And don't get me wrong, there's serious things throughout. Um, I mean, obviously her story is very uh, tragic um, being growing up during the Vietnam War, basically, uh, is what her story is. And she's saved by uh, Moody and brought back to the United States. Or were they, were they actually in London? I don't remember if they were in England or the United States, to be honest. <laughs> I think it was in England, but I could be wrong. Um, and so it, yeah. And then she's here. She's just a kid gets rescued, but then she gets molded into this weapon, um, to, to, to kill bad people. And then she starts falling onto, I, I, I like the story though, cause it, it ended up connecting like this very past historical event of Moody's uh, one, uh, one of his earlier missions um, where he killed someone and now someone uh, might be trying to kill that person's son, maybe, or maybe not. Um, but, but it's all there. There's definitely some secrets kept. 
And it's kind of interesting because on one hand, I feel like Moody has the most of the answers that Anna is looking for. And had Moody not, it, it kind of goes two ways because he, he definitely, someone comes to try to kill him. They just fail. And, and that's the reality of it. They, they just fail and they're the ones that get killed. But Moody destroys the body enough that it looks like it could have been him. And so he fakes his own death. So like, that's good from the, the enemy perspective. But it's not like there's a line in the movie where he says, I wasn't sure I could trust you because he's totally sure he could trust her. He raised her. She knows nothing outside of him. He knows 100% he could trust her. So I'm not totally sure why he doesn't reveal to her that he's still alive. Why he always just keeps playing dead. Um, I get it why he does it to the villains because like obviously that's a benefit for for you know James Bond to play dead in Spectre's eyes like that makes sense um, allows him to do certain things that maybe the law doesn't permit um, and and so like there's definite benefit there but why not tell the person you're actively working with who you don't doubt at all and you have no reason to doubt. And the movie proves that he has no reason to doubt because she is just loyal to him uh, in some ways to a fault. But <laughs> but yeah, she's just loyal to him. And so like, it's weird that he never reveals to her that he's alive because I feel like a lot of the, the conflict in this movie was her like trying to solve. She's trying to find out who's behind the killing of Moody. But A, Moody's alive, and B, Moody kind of knows who's trying to kill him. Like, he's pretty confident, you know, <laughs> that it's uh, this old mission resurfacing. Uh, so it's weird, uh, especially since it all started because he started looking into that mission again, right? And then, yeah, it's it's almost so obvious to him. He's kind of an idiot. <laughs> he's really smart in the movie but he's kind of an idiot why doesn't he just tell anna hey we looked into this old case of mine and then i was immediately attacked it's probably them let's go confront them together since i'm alive um but instead he doesn't play it that way so it allows us to get this really interesting relationship between anna and rembrandt where they're these kind of spies on the opposite sides of this situation, but neither one of them are directly related to the original cause to this original case. They're both arguably just working for these two other people and they even start a romantic relationship, but they're also actively trying to kill each other to accomplish their own goals. It's kind of a very Mr. And Mrs. Smith, uh, series of events. Uh, but, and then the very end, when, like, he kind of says, like, hey, it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to kill each other. We could just not. We could just not kill each other. And she's like, I wish it could be that way. Why can't it? Right? Why can it not be that way? He works for a guy who's now dead. She was loyal to a guy who's also now dead. Like, <laughs> why can't it be that way? If they like each other, why can't they be with each other? You know, uh, <laughs> both of their uh, higher ups are, are now dead. They're the only reason they'd want to kill each other is, like they say, for their own protection. But you know, I, I guess that's the thing is that like they were raised in this environment to not trust people, I guess. And so it just proves that the cycle continues, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what its commentary is uh, too high IQ for me, but yeah, it was kind of depressing walking out. It's done really well, but it, it kind of feels like that's not the story they were telling at first. <laughs> like you watch the whole movie. And then if you set up the ending scene, 
where you're like, oh, and now they're both got their guns pointed at each other in the exact place where she was rescued when she was a child. So like you've totally set this setting and you're like, okay, it's time to like overcome all of that history. And then it gets like, I think the music stops playing and they both point the guns at each other. And then we do that very kind of artistic um, storytelling idea where we actually leave the room. The camera leaves the room and we're just looking at the window and we hear gunshots fire. And then she's the only one that walks out. And so it's like, I don't know if that's supposed to be ambiguous. Maybe they didn't kill each other. It seems pretty obvious to me. He didn't walk out. <laughs> he's dead. Um, even though he's persuading her, he's like, you know, we don't have to kill each other. You know, my boss is dead. I don't have a reason to kill you anymore. And yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird ending, but it's an enjoyable movie. It was mostly fun. <laughs> um, I think the fight scenes are pretty good. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just an enjoyable action movie. And as a fan of action movies, can't complain. No, no complaints for me. So definitely worth watching. Um, but yeah, it's a weird ending. It's weird. I was thinking about like, it's an ending that like, there's endings that are like very philosophical and, uh, you think about a lot. This was an ending that I was like frustrated with. So I was thinking about it a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder what other people think, uh, how, how they liked the ending of it. If they thought it was the perfect ending or if it, uh, you know, they, they don't in their character development is choosing not to change, which is a little bit unfortunate. I think it's not, I mean, that could be a good thing if the change is for the worse. But uh, I mean, you, you could look at it in two different lights, though. You, you could say maybe it's not for the worse her killing him. She's still proving her loyalty to her friend, to the guy who saved her, even after he's dead. And that's cool. That's admirable. Um, but he's also dead now. And the other guy's not doesn't actually want to kill you anymore. So um, like he would only kill out of self-defense at this point, I, I think, at least. Could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I read the situation. Uh, so that's the protege. Um, I don't really have too much to say. My movie reviews are sometimes short because it's just me sad. Um, hard to have a one-sided conversation sometimes. Uh, but this is the part of the show where I'm going to get into the movie news. There's not a ton of news. So I know I started late and there's not a ton of news. So we'll, we'll see how long this one goes for, but there is some exciting stuff. Um, DC fandom uh, released some of the stuff that they're going to be talking about, which my opinion better, better than comic con. So uh, last year I'll say, I mean, it was DC fandoms first year and better than comic con last year out of the two virtual cons. Fandom was way better, like uncomparably. <laughs> uh, but before I get into the news, I just want to remind everyone to rate review, subscribe, follow wherever you're listening at Apple podcast, Spotify or Twitch, wherever you're listening, watching. Uh, please do that so that uh, we can grow the community and grow the conversation. Also like the Facebook page, join the Facebook groups that do all those things and you can get notified whenever a new episode goes up. So let's jump into the news. Uh, the first one, we're talking about it again. The thing that, what happened to my, <laughs> uh, my camera went out for a moment. That was weird. Uh, the thing that everyone said was going to break the internet arguably did break the internet. It was really funny because afterwards I was thinking, I was like, you know, it was good, but you know, it wasn't like life changing. It was really good. And I'm super excited, but it wasn't life changing for me. Uh, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that released last week. We had a great time talking about it. Um, so you could listen to last week's episode and catch all my thoughts about it. Uh, but yeah, everyone was saying it's going to break the internet. And I was like, 
it was fun it was cool but you know like i'll wait for the movie to have my internet broken you know <laughs> uh but it was really cool it was really fun uh however metrically imperially metrically <laughs> um by the statistics spider-man no way home did break the internet because it racked up an all-time viewership record of 355 million global views in its first 24 hours that's the general metric that's used for tr movie trailers is the first 24 hours um, how many times is it watched 355 million views versus the previous record holder which was avengers endgame which held it at 289 million beat it by over 60 million views and avengers endgame that was hype right like that was a movie that was combining 60 characters um that was hype spider-man no way home don't get me wrong it's combining three different spider-man franchises super cool it is cool i still think endgame's a little bit bigger but it's super cool still um but yeah no way home's draw is more than double uh that of the second trailer for spider-man far from home which hit 135 million um and that movie which was released just before covid that summer before covid in 2019 uh, earned 1.1 billion dollars uh yeah so pretty crazy i mean it it definitely did break the internet uh spider-man no way homes domestic chatter uh wait where's the number hold on i just read that out of order um the the trailer in 12 hours generated almost 2 million mentions uh so they just scraped the internet uh like social media platforms for the mentions of the spider-man no way home um which exceeds the 1.5 million that was generated by spider-man far from home um i'm actually surprised that those numbers aren't higher i guess views could be multiple people at the same time or multiple viewings of the same person uh yeah and then uh so if you don't know that Spider-Man No Way Home, technically a Sony movie, uh, but it is in co-production with Disney's Marvel Studios. So you got two different studios with their hands on it. Um, Marvel has a, they're co-financing it 25% for 25% equity. If anyone cares about that, that's kind of stuff I'm interested in, uh, especially when box office numbers start coming out so that people can know who to point at when a movie doesn't do well or does well. <laughs> That's the stuff that interests me. Did my Discord just totally crash? That's where I have all my news. Um, that was weird. My whole in, my whole computer like refreshed before my eyes. Uh, yeah, so Spider-Man No Way Home, super successful trailer. Super successful, the most successful. It can't be more successful than that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, 60 million more. That's crazy. I, I wouldn't have picked that. But it was a fun trailer. I've watched it multiple times for sure. Um, the Doc Ock, Hello Peter moment, the Green Goblin, Pumpkin Bombs. It's all great. And of course, Doctor Strange scolding Peter. It's all good. It's all good. Um, it did very well. Ian in the chat saying it did very well. It got the hype going. I feel like the hype was already there. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like, do you really feel like the hype increased because of the trailer? It's tough for me to say. The hype around just getting a trailer was so high already. It's hard for me to say that the hype actually increased by getting the trailer. Right? Like the hype was so high a, a week before the trailer dropped. Everyone was like, oh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Doc Ock, maybe Norman Osborn, like all these things. And so it's like, yeah, there's plenty already to talk about. And then the trailer didn't necessarily reveal too much more and just kind of show us how it goes down, gives us a further understanding of it, uh, which is cool. It's certainly cool. I'm not diminishing that aspect. I'm just saying, like, what was the Delta hype? <laughs> between no trailer and trailer 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, obviously, in the communities I run in, uh, everyone's already talking about them. So I don't know for other people. Um, to move on from Spider-Man, but if you want to keep chatting about it, I will always address your comments. Uh, so feel free to just throw them in. But to talk about another movie from Apple, Apple Studios. Apple Studios has been... Now, I haven't actually seen any of the movies, but Apple Studios has actually been putting out probably a movie once every two months that I get like very interested in. And then I realize it's being released on Apple TV and I'm like, darn, I won't be able to watch it without paying for that service I don't currently have. Um, and I don't really think it's worth paying for a service for one movie. Um, I mean, to each their own, but <laughs> that's my opinion. Um, so, so maybe one day I'll get Apple TV and binge all the Apple originals, uh, like cherry and ghosted. That's the other thing though. You don't even hear about people. Everyone talks about like, Oh, that movie looks really good and it's being released on Apple. And then the movie comes out and no one had talked about it because it was released on this platform that not very many people have. So it's hard to tell whether those movies actually turned out good. Um, but yeah, Apple Studios with uh, Skydance, I believe, very well-known studio, uh, is teaming up Marvel exe executives, Marvel alumni, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans in the movie Ghosted, a romantic action-adventure movie directed by Dexter Fletcher, who helmed Rocketman and Bohemian Rhapsody. He co-helmed. It says he finished Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know what that means. Maybe he did editing on it. Um, the script is done by Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, the writers of Deadpool films and Zombieland, um, and most recently Escape from Spiderhead, which I don't think has come out yet. Uh, those are good movies, well-written movies. So this could be an exciting one. But again, it's being released on Apple, so you gotta you gotta sign up for that. Um, yeah, Skydance is kind of flying all the way around. Uh, wait, does, does Skydance do all of these movies that are listed here in this deadline article? Um, it says Skydance did The Tomorrow War, did Without Remorse, did Old Guard 2, or is doing Old Guard 2. Um, does that mean they did Old Guard 1? Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but Sky, Skydance, you can always expect pretty good things from Skydance, I I think. Uh, whenever I see that Skydance logo, usually turns out uh, at least pretty good. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I think, I mean, I, I really like Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson's acting. I think they're great, um, obviously. I love Marvel movies, so any of those actors showing up into anything else, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it sounds interesting, uh, especially written by the Deadpool writers and Zombieland writers. That's a, that's also a super enticing factor, I think, um, because those movies are written very specifically. Um, th those movies are also written not just specifically for their genre, but almost actor specific. Right. I mean, Zombieland's written so specific to like Jesse Eisenberg, at least it feels that way. Um, and then Deadpool's obviously written very uh, narrow to Ryan Reynolds, who obviously had his own input to the scripts. But yeah, I, I think that sounds cool. Again, it's being released on Apple, so I probably won't get a chance to watch it. If it makes it to theaters, though, we might be able to check it out. Um, then we have a series of news articles about several sequels that have, I think, officially been greenlit. The first one, a movie that I didn't get a chance to see not too long ago, Jungle Cruise, sequel in works, uh, coming to us from Deadline, that it's already a go for Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt to return to Jungle Cruise. If you wanted more Journey to the Center of the Earth movies, you're finally getting them in the weirdest form possible in the form of Jungle Cruise movies because these movies look identical <laughs> in 
form. I don't know what the stories are actually like, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jungle Cruise uh, crossed a hundred million dollars at the domestic box office over the weekend, um, and is they're moving forward with a sequel. Sounds pretty good. I mean, that that's more enticing. That's that's more of a reason to go check out the movie, right? Um, it was good enough financially. It was well enough liked by executives that they said, hey, let's go ahead and make a sequel. That that always bodes well uh, if you're unsure about a movie. Um, it only opened to $35 million, which is a pretty rough opening. Um, but it was able to cross the $100 million uh, milestone. Apparently only four other films have crossed that since the shut since COVID, uh, which is F nine, a quiet place, part two, black widow and Godzilla versus Kong. That's pretty good for jungle cruise. Cause I feel like jungle cruise out of those four movies was like the most skeptical uh, around it. Everyone was super hyped for Godzilla versus Kong F nines trailer was crazy. Uh, Black Widow has that good Marvel IP, so everyone was going to go see it. And A Quiet Place 1 was so good, it was just inherently going to have a draw for A Quiet Place 2. Um, so it's really interesting. But yeah, this is yet another sequel for um, that Disney's green lighting after we heard about Cruella not too long ago. Um Another Disney sequel. This one was crazy. I read this and I thought it was fake. <laughs> Cause I don't know how many people of like my generation have even seen this movie. <laughs> um, so if you go on Disney plus, most people have Disney plus, but if you don't, that's okay. On Disney plus there's, there's a little known movie called the rocketeer, uh, which is a movie that takes place during world war two, I believe. Um, and there's Nazis in America. Um, and yeah, so it's a cult classic that's on, on Disney plus the rocketeer. Apparently they are going to make a sequel called the return of the rocketeer. Uh, David and Jessica. Oyelowo are producing under the Yoruba Yoruba Saxon banner. Uh, it'll be written by Ed record. Um, and will also be possibly starring in it as well. Um, they he did Selma. Um, the original movie was, was released in 1991. Um, it's a good movie. I really like The Rocketeer. It's not like a great movie, but it's a fun movie. It's a it's a fun Disney action film. You know, like it reminds me a lot of uh, the TV movies we had growing up on the Dis on Disney Channel and whatnot but also more serious because like it was about Nazis. <laughs> um, but it still has a lot of fun. Um, and, and I think it's a solid one. It, it channels a lot of like Indiana Jones energy. Um, I think it's like Indiana Jones for kids, <laughs> but you still have Nazis and you still, Still have a couple of people getting shot. I don't know. Can you make Indiana Jones for kids? Maybe not. <laughs> um, I watched it when I was a kid, so it's for kids already. That's fine. Another sequel uh, that we knew was being rumored. We knew it was being talked about. We knew it was being worked on, but it's officially greenlit. The Expendables 4. That's right. The old, restless, 80s action stars are back. And uh, Expendables 3 was all the way back in 2014. That's crazy. Uh, we at least know that Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, and Randy Couture, uh, who appeared in the first three, will be returning in this one. I mean, I think that's the biggest selling point. All you need left is Arnie, right? Like just get Arnie back in there. And I think we're all, we're all in for it. Um, but they are adding, uh, Tony Ja, Megan Fox and 50 cent. <laughs> um, sure. Why not? They're already going, they know they're going crazy with it. 
Um, Ian in the chat referring to Indiana Jones. Sure, it's not for kids, but did we watch it as kids? Definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree for sure. I mean, like, you, you got to like know your kid, right? Like whether your kid can handle, you know, crazy ghosts flying through the air. I will say though, even when I watched it as a kid, um, I watched all the Indiana Jones as a kid, but there were specific scenes where I was supposed to like close my eyes during, um, like obviously the Ark of the Covenant scene, um, the Kalima scene in Temple of Doom. Um, although that movie wasn't watched very often in my house. <laughs> last crusade i think we could watch all of it i'm trying to replay that movie oh uh i guess the when they the decapitations in the uh a penitent man may pass penitent man or the when the the bad guy finally dies at the very end and you chose poorly um I think, yeah, there were specific scenes we weren't supposed, I wasn't supposed to have my eyes open as a kid. Uh, but I really like those movies for sure. And now that I can have my eyes open during them, <laughs> they're still brutal scenes to watch. Like, I don't need to watch it. I already know what's happening. Uh, I mean, they're, they're mortifying, you know, like the Ark of the Covenant scene with like the wax melting. Um, it's It's pretty gross. Uh, but yeah, Expendables 4, bringing back uh, all kinds of characters. I'm wondering who else will come back. I'm hoping for at least Arnie, uh, I think. Um, oh, also Jet Li. It'd be nice to see Jet Li again. Um, it would also be nice to see Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Terry Crews, Wesley Snipes again. I mean, you just throw throw all the names in it. That was the whole point of the Expendables. I think Antonio Banderas was in one of them. So, like, yeah, just you know, the the movie, the whole purpose of the Expendables movies is like every action star ever. Let's get them all in there. Ask Tom Cruise to show up. You know, <laughs> it'd be great. Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually think I've only seen Expendables one though. I'm be honest. They, the stories aren't that great, but you know, you you don't watch those movies for the stories. You watch them for the guns and punches. Just out of curiosity, without looking it up, those of you who are in the chat. What is Venom 2 rated in your mind? Obviously, like I said, without looking it up. Venom 2, I'm going to say your choices are rated R. Your choices are rated PG-13. We'll leave it between those two. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Hopefully you get it there as I continue rambling before I talk about this news article. Uh, but Venom 2 actually did get its official rating. Um, and it is something to talk about. I see Ian in the chat. I don't know if anyone else is going to comment. Um, there's a couple others. But uh, yeah, Ian's saying it's rated R. And you know what? Yesterday, I would have put 10 bucks on it being rated R. It's not rated R. It's not rated R. Venom 2, while people were expecting an R rating, it's rated PG-13. And it's really interesting because there have been uh, rumors circulating that um, that no one at Sony ever wanted Venom 2 to be rated R, which is so weird because the talking around Venom 2 was always like, oh, it's this very dark story about this investigative reporter possessed by this symbiote um, dealing directly with this serial killer possessed by an even crazier symbiote. And there's going to be so much blood and gore with carnage, you know? And it was like, there, there always felt like, at least from a fan perspective, from my perspective, that like, it was going to be pretty bloody. <laughs> that carnage was going to be killing a lot of people. And I guess that might still be true, but there are certain ways to show killing on screen that is in a more PG 13 friendly way versus a, a R rated way dealing with blood versus um, the, 
the level that like each hit is shown uh how people are killed like i'm sure decapitations are looked more frownly uh are more frowned upon than just stabbings or gunshots um but if you show more blood with the gunshots then that can be r-rated so so there's a really interesting balance on how they do it um and i will say the shock around this movie I think is a very similar shock to how people probably felt around uh, the Batman, even though the Batman hasn't gotten its official rating yet. Um, Cause I don't have, they even finished filming that movie. Um, but yeah, it, it won't get its official rating until very shortly before it comes out. And there's a lot of people talking about the Batman trailer. They're like, Oh, this is an R rated Batman. And I think I'm going to be honest. I don't know that the Batman will be R rated. I think it will also be PG 13. There's nothing in that trailer that directly screams to me R rating. It is a brutal trailer, but there's nothing to me that directly screams R rating. Um, a lot of people point to the punching scene, but we're not even looking at the dude's face getting pummeled. We're completely looking away from that. And it's like dark imagery, but it's not visual imagery. You know, we're not seeing this dude's face get caved in, which would be much more brutal than just seeing him get punched in the face hard. Uh, but yeah, Venom 2 rated PG-13 came to a shock to me as well. Um, and a lot of people will point to the success of our rated films in the superhero genre. Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, Logan, Joker. There has been success with our ratings in uh, superhero films. But I would also like people to point to rating not being everything. Birds of Prey didn't do very well. And even though The Suicide Squad is a movie I very much enjoy, it's not doing very well financially. Even though it's very enjoyable. I enjoy The Suicide Squad quite a bit. But it's not doing very well financially. And part of that, I got to think, is the R rating that like it's a bloody movie. There's nudity in it. Not every parent's going to let their kid watch that. Uh, they more likely let them watch Birds of Prey, which has shouldn't have even been R rated. They should have just changed one scene to be PG-13. Um, that, that was a waste of an R rating in my opinion. But <coughs> um. This article from Movie Web goes into talking about that maybe people uh, might start worrying about this film. I I don't I, I don't feel any different about it. Um, it is shocking to me, but I don't feel actually different about the movie itself. Um, it will change my expectations to a certain degree, uh, but that's good because I won't be expecting something that doesn't happen. Uh, but a lot of people might be thinking that maybe carnage won't be as brutal as he's expecting i thought venom was still pretty brutal and venom one was rated pg-13 right i'm not wrong about that am i yeah that was also pg-13 that was a pretty brutal movie you know riot was able to do quite a bit uh there were there was still eating people that's still pg-13 i guess um <laughs> uh, so I, i'm not too worried about the movie um but it is one of those shocking things uh that is moving over to the dc world of things before we get to our main article talking about dc fandom uh shazam fury of the gods finally finished wrap finished wrapping wrapped filming or finished filming i could have chosen either but instead i chose both uh, wrapped filming this past week. Uh, they posted their final photo. Uh, cool. That's exciting. Wait, when does Shazam 2 get released? I imagine it's after the Batman. Uh, I don't see. June 2nd, 2023. Jeez, that's two years out, man. That to me is crazy. See, that's the kind of stuff that like, that's where I see like the COVID impact. Uh, a lot of people look at the release dates um, of the movies that are coming out now that were directly delayed by COVID-19s when we had the full lockdown worldwide, basically. Uh, a lot of people look at those movies and how they were pushed back. 
to me, this is crazy. This movie will be done for two years. Not exactly. It'll be done for about 20 months. Uh, but yeah, they finished filming to do like reshoots and go back to the film and finish editing. It probably only takes like three or four months in general, depending on the film. Every film's different. Um, th so they usually leave like a six month gap from finished filming to uh, release of the film. I'm pretty sure Spider-Man No Way Home finished in May or June. We're getting it in December, for instance. Uh, so that's about six months. Shazam finishes, finishes filming. Uh, I'll use today's date, September 1st. And won't be released until June 2023. It's a long way out. It's 21 months, I think. Um, plenty of time to CG computer generate the whole movie <laughs> all over again. Yeah, that, that's where I see the impact is like, that's crazy to me. And it's because so many films have gotten pushed back, but movies are still being made that these big franchise movies that maybe need to be released in a certain order, even though I'm not so sure that the DC movies do need to be released in a certain order. <coughs> but you also don't want to release them all in the same month. <clears throat> Or too close for, to each other. So you want to space them out. And space them out from your competition as well. Uh, so that is a limiting circumstance. Uh, but yeah. 20 months away from finishing filming. Before this movie gets released. Like. <laughs> so much can happen in that time. <laughs> uh, they could finish filming the third movie. By then. Uh, I wonder if they will do that. I wonder if there's any talk about that once they finish editing it, if they show it to executives and focus groups, if they're like, all right, this is a good enough movie. Just green light the third one and let's make it. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, where am I at? Also news I was not expecting to get today. James Gunn confirms that another member of the Suicide Squad survived. Um, I wonder who people would guess if they had a chance. Um, I'm just going to say, because I don't think there was much hints in any direction. Uh, TDK survives the detachable kid. He is alive, which is crazy because he gets riddled with bullets. But I should say more specifically, his arms get riddled with bullets and he just kind of withers and dies <laughs> on the ground from pain. Uh, but James Gunn says, important to note, if you look at the life signals in the comms hub, TDK isn't dead. So I guess because he's detached, his like blood flow probably works significantly differently with the way his powers work. And so just because his arms might bleed out, his the rest of his body maybe doesn't. And so, so maybe he has like these weird compartmentalized circulatory systems. It'd be really interesting to see like the science behind TDK. Um, but uh, Nathan Fillion also uh, retweeted it saying, I noticed that very loudly when I saw this in the theater. Apologies again for the disturbance. I'm sure he was super excited. I'm excited by this news. Uh, to hear that TDK continues. Obviously, he's excited because he's like, whoa, another job. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited because uh, I think Nathan Fillion's a, a great actor and always fun to have in the nerdy fandoms uh, ever since Firefly, definitely. Uh, but yeah, James Gunn went on to say that I haven't got anybody noticing. They always seem to count him amongst the dead. How dare they? <laughs> And yeah, that's cool. Uh, so he's definitely, um, <laughs> James Gunn even says uh, that TDK has 100% more face than Pete Davidson's Blackguard does, who immediately gets shot in the face in the movie. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, TDK is still alive. Maybe he shows up in, in the Peacemaker sequel series. Maybe it's a prequel series. I don't know. But maybe we get more TDK. Uh, it's cool that they didn't kill all of them off. 
like it is cool that they killed a large portion of them off of the suicide squad because that's kind of like the advertisement of the uh of the ip that's like what they're they're uh they're promising us is that all these characters are gonna die and it's cool that a lot of them do but it is also cool that some of them survive so that we can see them again um it, but i also only really care that they survive if we get to see them again if tdk is alive and we never get to see tdk again who cares who cares that he's alive you know it, it doesn't matter if we don't get to see him again so here's hoping for him to show up in the batman now um in in some future dc project maybe another suicide squad go for it and our final news article dc fandom has released its lineup for 2021 uh, i'm pretty excited about this because last year i was very unsure about comic con um especially when DC and Marvel said they weren't going to be there. And then DC was like, Hey, we're going to do our own event. And it was like, all right, that's kind of weird, but go for it. And Marvel was like, Hey, we're just going to use the Disney event that already exists. D 23. And it was like, all right, that makes a little bit of sense, I guess. And then DC fandom turned out to be really great. And it was open to all. And it was just like a fun idea. And it got things trending. It got everyone talking about DC superheroes. So it, I, I thought it was great because I felt like every hour there was something else trending. It was like, now Wonder Woman's trending. Now Batman's trending. Now Aquaman's trending. And, and there was so much to talk about every hour. Um, Ian talking about TDK. Well, he's still alive, but how did he get out of there? I guess the answer is just eventually he gets out of there, right? I mean, <laughs> as long as you're alive, you have a chance. Um it's the being dead that's so limiting. You can quote me on that. Um, so yeah, DC fandom. I'm super excited for this. Um, definitely more excited than Comic-Con. I don't even know if Comic-Con has released its... Comic-Con was canceled, wasn't it? I think San Diego Comic-Con was canceled, but New York Comic-Con is happening. I want to say that's what's what it is. And... Um, I wonder if New York Comic Con is going to be virtual. Dude, the virtual Comic Con was so bad. It felt like it was like the the intro and outro sequences they had felt like they were from like 90s internet. It was it was weird. They were such weird loading screens. Um but then the panels they had also weren't super interesting. You had to be like very interested in a specific niche um of nerd culture, not not just superheroes of nerd culture. Um a very specific niche and that was like maybe there was a panel for it um but it was a lot of it, it on the other hand it was kind of cool because comic con originally was kind of just about comic books and that's kind of what it went back to is that pretty much most of the panels marvel and dc still had panels there they were just solely for comic books I shouldn't say solely. There was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel that was all about the science of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and didn't have any of the actors commenting on what their characters would do if they understood the actual science behind the nonsense they did on that show. Um, I'd love to see the science of Season 7 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's the Comic-Con panel I'd watch. Uh... <laughs> I think I watched the Bill and Ted's one and the uh, the New Mutants one because um, I had interest in both of those projects. Uh, so yeah, Fandom uh, will be October 16th, month and a half away. It will kick off at 10 a.m. If you don't know, it's pretty much an all-day event um, where they stream for about eight hours. I think they stream it for eight hours and then they repeat it. Uh, so that depending on your time zone, you should be able to still watch it, I think. <coughs> um, it'll be available on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and DCFandom.com. I think that's different. I think before it was just the, their website. Uh, also, DC Kids Fandom will launch the same day with a special kid-friendly experience. Interesting. I guess that's for all their, like, um, they have a series of, 
very animated super kids shows kind of thing like teen titans go you know like teen titans go is a lot more um <laughs> a lot more younger audience than even the original teen titans show was uh and then to talk about the titans show that's definitely for a different audience <laughs> um this year, we're taking everything that people loved about DC fandom and supercharging it to super serve fans and even more exclusive first looks, breaking news and in-depth interviews and insight from the stars and creative teams. That was the other thing. That was the other worry about um, DC fandom last year is it was in the middle of COVID and everyone was thinking, you realize the stuff you talked about at Comic-Con of 2019, none of it came out except Birds of Prey. I think that's right. Nothing that they talked about came out except Birds of Prey. And so we're still waiting on everything else to be finished may, being made. But that wasn't the case. They had something to show for every movie. They showed, I think, the first Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. They showed the first images of what the Flash could look like with Batman. Um they showed uh, the Batman trailer, I think, also at DC Fandom. Uh, so there was like a lot of big drops that that definitely made the event worth it. Um, so on the film side, which is kind of the thing that I'm the most interested in, uh, they will be showing a new trailer for the Batman, new content from DC League of Super Pets. I'm not entirely sure what that is. Uh, first look at Black Adam, a uh, sneak peek at The Flash, and behind the scenes looks at Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2. Uh, very cool. Warner Brothers Television uh, will offer us a look at uh, the new seasons of Batwoman, The Flash, Superman and Lois. Oh, Superman and Lois did get picked up for another season. That's cool. And Sweet Tooth, which is on Netflix. Um, a Farewell. Oh my gosh. I always get like an eyelash stuck in my eye at this time <laughs> a farewell tribute to supergirl because it is on its last season um a celebration of a hundred episodes of legends of tomorrow that is crazy um a first look at the new drama called naomi and a sneak peek at an upcoming episode of star girl all right um, there will also be some games things about Gotham Knights, uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Didn't we? <laughs> Weren't those the video game releases of last year's DC fandom? Wasn't it Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League? I'm pretty sure it was. And we got trailers then. What more are they going to show us? Like, they looked cool. Great. <laughs> um, three new books for... Uh, for Wonder Woman uh, specifically, that's cool. Um, Wonder Woman Historia, uh, the Wonderful Woman of the World, and wait, I missed one. Wonder Woman, the the DC Black Label miniseries. Uh, nope, I'm. I don't see three listed here. I'm confused how it lists them, but yeah, more Wonder Woman stuff. Um, the next installment of a Batman Fortnite comic crossover, uh, Batman fear state, the new issue six issue black Manta series and the return of the milestone universe. Um, that's cool. Uh, HBO max. Here we go. We'll unveil an exclusive look for peacemaker following the suicide squads. Uh, John Cena's peacemaker character. Um, and a limited event series called the DMZ. Um, they are also going to be talking about Titans and Doom Patrol's future seasons as well. Uh, there will be uh, some upcoming limited animated series. Uh, Aquaman King of Atlantis. Uh, Harley Quinn's getting its third season. Dark Knight is also getting a show. Ooh. Oh, called Caped Crusader. That's Batman Caped Crusader. That's cool. Um, as well as Young Justice Phantoms. Is that a new Young Justice season? I'm pretty sure that's what the new season's called. It's cool that we are finally getting that because Young Justice is my favorite animated uh, DC property right now. Um, that's ongoing. 
Um, there's some individual animated DC films that are really good, but Young Justice is great. Uh, yeah. Also, some sneak peeks at some original DC animated films of Superman. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Injustice. Uh, that that Injustice animated movie that they're making, as well as a Catwoman movie. That's cool. Um, so yeah, like I said, that's a lot of stuff that they're just like, this is what we're going to be talking about. Um, it's going to be jam packed for about eight hours. There, there's a lot of fluff. Um, they do like fan questions in there as well. Um, I don't know if they're changing the system they're going to use for that. I kind of felt like the fan questions last time were a little bit of a waste, uh, more so than I already don't really watch the fan questions of comic con, but the fandom fan questions were like really a waste because the people were asked at comic con as a live event, people would ask questions immediately after seeing the trailer, right? They would show the trailer and then people would get to ask questions or whatever it was that they were talking about. People would immediately get to ask questions for the rest of the hour. At DC Fandom, because it's a pre-recorded event, people submit their questions having not much idea about what specifically was presented. Like, I guess now we have an idea, but it's like, oh, you're getting the first look of the Flash. What if you ask a question that's related to the Flash and the first look is just makes that question completely irrelevant? Like, will we? when will we get to see the first images of uh, Michael Keaton in the bat suit uh, standing next to the flash, like the actual film images, the stills. When, when will we get to see that? And in the first look, they just show that like, Oh, uh, today now. Great. Glad we got that question out of the way. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, I kind of feel like the, the fan questions are a little weird uh, for DC fandom, but uh, nonetheless, they drop a ton of, exciting trailers and images and just all around hype for uh their products it's unfortunate that we're not getting dc films very often um i'm gonna look, quickly look up let's see going to the dceu wikipedia page uh future films so Black Adam is sometime in 2022. Oh, I guess we are getting three films next year. We're oh four. Ooh. So Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2, and Batgirl. We're supposed to get all next year, but we don't have dates for any of them. <laughs> we don't have specific dates on any of them. It's just all 2022. Um, oh, actually, here it says Black Adam maybe will be in July of 22. Um which means all four of them are going to be in the back half of the year. That's pretty crazy. Um, well, we'll have to see. That'll be an exciting stuff for DC to finally get on the path of releasing a lot of films, uh, kind of like Marvel is currently doing. That, that should be good. Um, especially since they're going into a lot of these other films, since later we're going to get Blue Beetle, Green Lantern Corps, Static Shock, uh, a Supergirl movie like... There's definitely some exciting things on the DC docket. It's just like, you know, we won't get to be excited for them for another year. Um, yeah, so that was the last news article. Um, so I will probably wrap up the show here. But just before I do, I want to remind everyone that this isn't the only show we do here. We have a Friday show uh, where we talk about... What the heck do we talk about? What if Marvel's animated multiversal look at other universes? Um, it's pretty cool. I have ranted about it every week, and I rant because I rant out of love. I'm very passionate about the Marvel universe, um, and I enjoy the what if things. It may not seem like it while I'm ranting about it, but I do enjoy the what if episodes. Um, it's just fun to talk about these crazy stories. Um, and it's fun to just like 
try to take them seriously, you know? Uh, so that's a certainly fun idea. Uh, so what if and Titans, DC's Titans, uh, I think we'll be on what if episode four and DC Titans episode six. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's episode six. Uh, will be this Friday's episode, hopefully 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I know today we had to start a little late, but hopefully 6 p.m. Eastern time. Also, uh, next Wednesday, this show where I review a movie and then talk about movie news, as I just did. Next week, we will be talking Shang-Chi. So it'll be a great one reviewing the latest Marvel movie. Uh, I've heard many good things about it. I hope I agree and that it's very exciting. Uh, either way, I can't wait to talk about it. I'm sure there will be a lot to talk about either way. I mean, when you got potentials like Abomination and Wong showing up in the Shang-Chi story, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, so that'll be next Wednesday, hopefully 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, but if work draws me out late, it will be after, unfortunately. Uh, so I want to thank you all for listening or for watching wherever you're doing. So uh, I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time.